1: It's Mackie time? and Judd from the TCL Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. Now launching,
2: Mission Sequence start. Mackie and Judd. We'll see you. we
0: We get things rolling with the opening bell. Wanna ring the bell? And now, on Mackie
1: and Judd. It's another edition of Timberwolves Drama. Jimmy Butler is seriously contemplating his future with the Timberwolves franchise. It's going to come to a head this week. He's meeting with President and Coach Tom Thibodeau. It's going to come to a head. There's been a lot of tension brewing behind the scenes between players, between management, him, and there's been a lot of uncertainty around Jimmy Butler all summer. He hasn't been back to Minnesota. Very much so, I'm told, this is a last-ditch meeting the Minnesota Timberwolves and Tom Thibodeau, just a, a lot of butting of heads behind the scenes, and Tom Thibodeau has been in caught, caught kind of in the middle of all that. Um, but you're saying Butler with his teammates, Butler and his teammates, okay, exactly. not Tibbs and his t- and the players. Well, I think there's there's been a lot of you know I think even that relationship can be fickle. You know, you, okay. Tom Thibodeau is a hard charging coach, right, right? and that can rub guys the wrong and way. And that explains why he's bringing all these former Bulls guys who did follow into right. his system, guys that can help set gotcha. his culture. Carl anthony Towns, who's one of the top talents in the league, has yet to sign his rookie max extension, which should be a no-brainer. And I'm told there won't be any decision on that until this Jimmy Butler situation resolves itself.
3: All right. That was the voice of Sham Sharania of The Athletic. And uh, the latest on a story that Johnny Krasinski, our buddy from The Athletic, actually broke this past weekend, that there was going to be a meeting on, well, at that time, Manny Hill, on Monday. It's going to be yesterday, yeah. Yes, between Jimmy Butler and Tibbs. But I have hot off the presses a, a tweet from Adrian Wojnarowski, the Woj bomb of ESPN's NBA reporting, That Tibbs instead was traveling to Los Angeles to meet with Butler today, league sources tell ESPN. The original plan had been for the meeting to be in Minneapolis, but that changed in the past 24 hours. And so now, as Butler tweeted yesterday, trying to be sarcastic but falling very flat, the meeting between Jimmy Butler and Tibbs, minus anyone else, to find out where exactly Jimmy is in his state of mind towards this franchise, is going to be... Today and might be ongoing as we speak, and this of course all comes as training camp gets set to open next Tuesday for the Timberwolves. Um, <laughs> all right, so so here's where here's where I would like to start because I, I, there's a million ways to go with this. There are a million things to say about this. Uh, m- many of them are mind-boggling, and the entire situation has turned into being absolutely ridiculous. Uh, But I will read to you from Krasinski's lead in The Athletic Saturday night, and we can go from there, all right? Jimmy Butler will meet with Timberwolves president and coach Tom Thibodeau on Tuesday to have, quote, honest conversations about the All-Stars' future with the team as he seriously contemplates his situation, league sources told The Athletic. Manny Hill, Mm -hmm. you are more passionate about this than I am, so I'm going to set you up with this question. Well, two questions within one. Where is Carl Anthony Towns in all of this? And how in the hell is this important of meeting just happening now?
0: I don't I don't know because you know that I've been saying all summer, really ever since Game Five against Houston was finished, that everybody needs to sit down and, and I'm talking about Tom Thibodeau, Jimmy Butler, Carl Anthony Towns. Jeff Teague, Andrew Wiggins, whoever else, they need to sit down. Everybody needs to sit down and find a way to get on the same page. I've been harping that all summer, all summer long. And I, I, why this is happening now, a week away from training camp, and we got media days next week, and all of this stuff. Why all this is happening just now is beyond me. I don't, I, I, I don't understand it. These are conversations that should have happened early in the offseason. You know, if if the season ends and guys want to get away for a little bit, go have a vacation for a week or two, go ahead. But come back, figure it out, have a chat, have a talk, have a real conversation. Don't just text each other or call each other for five minutes. Hey, how you doing? What's up? I'm doing good. I'm in Paris. I'm in LA, well, but there's one simple question here, right? Have a talk about your foot, your 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 but, basketball team. But there's, but this is,
3: again, as in so many of these situations, we make them complex when they're not. There's one simple question for Tibbs to ask Butler, and I don't care how close they are, I don't care how much they like each other at this point. That they don't, I don't know what the relationship is. But there's a very very simple question, as Jimmy has spent recent months trolling his younger teammates, and I think especially towns, Andrew, to a certain degree, but I think more towns. Do you want to be here? Do you want to be part of this? Are you going to sign? If you are not going to sign with us, listen, Jimmy, if your tips, you say this, Jimmy, if you are not going to, if you're going to take less money on a four-year contract to go elsewhere next July 1st, then tell me right now, and I will try to move you because yeah. once it gets out that you're not coming back, I'm compromised. I now can get I can get less for you because teams got me because teams are going to say, "Well, Tommy, Tommy." And I don't want to spend a
0: whole regular
3: season talking about that. Well, but even but even if you remove that from the equation, if teams know that Butler wants out, not only are you going to spend the entire season talking about that, but nobody's going to give you fair market value for Jimmy Butler because they're all going to say, "Tom, he's not going back to you." We know that for a fact. Mm-hmm. We're not we'll just sign him, in we're we'll not just sign give him you, next summer. We're not yeah. going to give you a slew
0: of draft picks and two or three players. But what I'm saying is, I don't, I don't. When I say I don't want to talk about this all regular season, what I'm saying is I don't want this speculation to be going on all regular season. Whether is he does he want to be here or not? So at some point. Yeah, I mean, is it good that they're having this conversation now rather than never? Of course. But this is a conversation that should have happened months ago.
3: Well, and then months ago. And also, where is Kat? Carl Anthony yeah. Towns is the most important player. I don't care. We can go back on this again and, and again. But anybody who says that Butler is the most important player in this organization is just flat out wrong. They're wrong. So where where is Cat here? And what does Cat think? And by the way, if, if Carl Anthony... why is he not a part of this? Well, and if Carl Anthony Towns has told Tibbs, I can't play with Butler. I, I don't, don't buy his BS. I don't like this stuff. I'm not... I don't... I can't play with this guy. Then once again, you're in a predicament of... Quietly having to say, we will move Jimmy Butler. Not, I am loyal. the The only thing I can figure that Tibbs has become is a Bulls holic. Every time so- something goes wrong, he, he goes and signs he's a Bulls go, player. He's go
0: get one of his guys, and he
3: figures yep. that Jimmy will. Hey, we brought. Hey, Jimmy, we bought. Dang, oh, this great coach. That's Jimmy Butler. If he's going to move on, signing Chicago Bulls in mass is not the answer here. And the scary the sad thing about this is one. You know, I love the Butler power play. I love the I'll meet with you on Monday in Minneapolis turns to we're going to do it on Tuesday instead in, in Los, Los Angeles. Angeles, which is clearly a power play. So who is in charge here? Who's calling the shots? And who has the best interest of this franchise long term in mind? Because right now, the way I see it, nobody does. Yeah. Nobody does. Yeah. Everyone's trying to save their own behind at this point. Tibbs is, I don't know what he's trying to do. He's trying to win immediately, and he loves Jimmy, and I don't know where Cat stands in in this, which is maddening. Andrew's become a completely forgotten man. But if you look at this team right now and you say a week out from training camp with a team that approved by 16 wins and made the playoffs for the first time uh, since 2004 last year, who has the best interest of this franchise in
0: mind long term? Is it Glenn Taylor? Is it Tibbs? It's certainly not the players, because the most important piece of your franchise still has not signed his rookie extension yet, and he's doing it and, and as he's... a protest. Which means if he
3: says to you, "I, you know what, I ain't doing, I ain't gonna lift a finger for you, Tom," until Butler's gone, then Butler has to be gone. And, and this John... isn't workable. This isn't a Carl. This isn't a Carl. I'll trade you. This is a, okay, Carl. I don't like what you're doing to me. But you're far more important than a guy that just turned 29 years old and already has substantial wear and tear on
0: his body. And Judd, we are less than a month away from the deadline for Cat to sign his extension. We're less than a month away, and it, and it's not even like close to being done. The, the money isn't an issue. They're the, the the offer for him to sign the max deal is on the table, so he's not going to get. I mean, this isn't a situation where he's holding out for more money and the Wolves have to break the bank to get him. They're already going to break the bank to keep him around. It's just we're less than a month away from him signing this deal, from him, from the deadline for him to sign this deal. And there's been no real, as far as we know, no real strong dialogue between Tibbs and Cat and everything. And here's Tibbs having a meeting with his buddy, with his guy in L.A. today. If he tells them. and the most important piece of your franchise is sitting out here in the wind, wondering like, well, what, what the hell, what, what the hell is my role in this? Where, where am I in this? If Jimmy tells him today, I
3: can't, I can't play with these guys, and I'm going to leave come July 1st of 2019. You trade him, and now that's going to get out. So you're not going to get a lot for him. Don't you know? Once we go down this path, they've, this is the problem. We're now at the point where you're about to go down the, the dangerous path of. I agree with you, you trade him, but you also have to accept the fact that you're going to get a lot less cuz everybody knows that he's going to walk. There's no there's but going I to wonder, be no
0: uncertainty there. But I wonder if we're already if we're already down that path though. Because because of all the stuff that's been talked about this summer and now this meeting is happening today, I guess, if it I don't know if it happened already or if it's happening now or what, but I think we're already kind of down that path where if it, if they, if it comes out that he is ready to move on, then, I mean, it's we're, we're already down that path right now, I think.
3: What is Tibbs going to tell Jimmy Butler, as close as they might have been at one time, or hell, they still might be, what is Tom Thibodeau going to tell Jimmy Butler that is truly going to make him decide, Minnesota is the place I want to be? Because I don't see at this point in time, yeah. with Butler expressing his frustrations previously, with the fact that we've already had open conversations clearly where he's talked to Kyrie about let's go out east and win, I don't know, with the Knicks, where he's probably had conversations where he could now stay home where he's got a place in Los Angeles, play with LeBron for the uh Lakers, who are gonna have a clean slate largely contract wise mm-hmm. in in a year. What is Tibbs going to tell Jimmy Butler? That's going to make Jimmy Butler say, oh, oh, that's your plan? I love that plan. He's going to moan and groan about the young guys. He clearly, there's friction with Cat that I don't even get. I don't understand. Yeah. The the biggest thing I could get, I can't get on board with what's going on with Cat when I get the fact that defensively he might be irresponsible at times, but you watch that guy play basketball. This isn't He's an,
0: too good. Yeah. So what? He's too good to just say, no, I can't play with him. So
3: what's He's t- too good. So what's Tibbs going to tell Jimmy that's going to make Jimmy reinvent how he feels about his teammates
0: or this team? Because I can't. If there's something, I don't have any idea what that's going to be. I don't either. And my concern, I'll, I'll be honest with you, my concern is that Jimmy is going to go up to Tibbs and say, I can't play with these guys. I don't want to play with these guys and then they're going to try and swing a deal and move Cat. That's my fear. That's my concern. No, you can't do that. And you cannot no, do that. No, you can't you do that. You cannot no. do that under any circumstance as, right now. As
3: ineffective as Glenn Taylor might be as owner of this franchise, cannot allow. That he's not going to allow that to happen. There's no, there's no way. There's no way that anybody, if Glenn was to allow that to even start through a course of action, somebody who works for Glenn, who has Glenn's ear, would immediately have to say, no, we can't do this. We would be better off making any move, including including a coaching uh, president of basketball ops change right this second than trading cat. You can't do that. No, no. The, the mandate, if yeah. Jimmy says, I can't do this, Tom, I'm walking. I, in fact, I'm walking as soon as I can. I can't play with these guys. I don't like, I don't think your team's on the right track. You immediately have to turn around and it, you're going to have to swallow hard because it's going to stink. Because that's this is not going to stay this the contents of this meeting, knowing how the Butler camp talks are not going to stay quiet,
0: and you have Tom Thibodeau who is, I mean, I think has already shown that he can't be objective, with you know between his his Bulls guys, and you know a, a, a cat or uh, Andrew Wiggins or whoever, yep, Tyus Jones, whatever. I don't know, but. That that is the other part of this too is that okay? Tibbs loves Jimmy Butler. That's his guy. He loves him. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can see it in press conferences. You can you can see when somebody asks. Just watch a, a watch a post game press conference from Tom Thibodeau. Somebody ask him about you know hey Jeff Jeff Teague did uh, you know Jeff Teague had a nice game yeah he, Jeff yeah Jeff did a nice job Jeff did a nice job he controlled the offense very well. Jimmy, a uh, cat or uh, Tibbs? Jimmy had twenty-three points and six rebounds. Yeah, you know Jimmy. Uh, that, that's what he does. It's what he does. <laughs> I love you. That's what he's. That's that's, that's what <laughs> makes him special. That's what makes Jimmy special. Well, I, and he gets that little. Grin, I saw pressers you know? last year where Jimmy wasn't
3: going well, and Tibbs was asked about it, and he gave that same answer. Yeah, Jimmy's always out there working.
0: <laughs> no. No, we're asking you. He's struggling. And, that's, and that's, that's my biggest concern with this but you, meeting that they're supposedly having You have today. to lay
3: down. If you are Glenn yeah. Taylor and this franchise above Tom and there's not a lot of guys above Tom, you have to lay down in the train tracks then, right? You absolutely have to. You can't not do that. Carl Anthony yeah. Towns cannot be a former Wolves player. If there's a choice here, I don't think it's that hard. No, but I just I don't understand why. But this is the I don't worst, understand God. why we're sitting here talking about a meeting one week I know. before training camp. Well, that's the other thing. Get this. How did, how did we get here? Get this. Iron, and to your point early in the segment, get it ironed out. Figure it out. Oh, <sighs> uh, we are in the TCL broadcast studios. The show is Mackie and Judd. As uh, as is the norm, Phil will join at four o'clock. So until then, the show will be uh, Judd and Manny Hill. Jason Stark from The Athletic, uh, their senior baseball writer, he will join at the bottom of the hour, 651-646-8255. 651-646-8255 if you are a frustrated uh, Wolves fan. I also have an interesting report in front of me that um, that does call into question. if Not only if Tibbs is going to have a job after this year, but may Tibbs have a job during the entire course of the 2018 19 season? We will get to that now.
0: What is it you're trying to say?
3: Now, back to Mackie and
0: Judd what? on 1500 ESPN. 321 in the TCL broadcast studios. Mackie and Judd continues on. Quick look at your traffic from the Better Business Bureau, 94 westbound. We have an eight-minute delay that's being caused by a crash near Riverside and Cedar Avenue in Minneapolis. So, if you're headed westbound towards downtown Minneapolis, uh, look for about an extra eight minutes on your commute due to that crash near Riverside and Cedar Avenue. Judd, get
3: back to the Wolves conversation in a second, Manny Hill. But we have some breaking news out of the TCO Performance Center as the moves just keep on coming for the Vikings. They officially have announced the signing of kicker Dan Bailey, which we talked about a lot yesterday after Daniel Carlson was waived. Bailey had to come in and pass a physical today. He had a groin injury last year, but I think he's fine now. So uh, he has been signed. Stacey Coley was waived uh, the w- wide receiver for the Vikings, which is interesting. They did sign Aldrick Robinson, a veteran wide receiver who played last year for the 49ers yesterday. My assumption was that this might bump a Laquan Treadwell down the depth chart, which uh, still could happen. But uh, Stacey Coley has been uh, waived by the Vikings and also a move yet to be announced. Tom Johnson, a defensive tackle uh, for the past few years for the Vikings, was uh, was is going to be signed. He would have been with Seattle and he is going to be uh, he was waived by Seattle actually for one game and they were going to sign him back. But the Vikings swooped in and they're going to announce his signing at some point in time, according to our buddy Tom Pelissero of um, NFL Media and NFL Network. All right. Back to the conversation. So on Saturday, uh, Krasinski of the Athletic broke the Butler and Tibbs were going to meet on Monday, which in Minneapolis, which got bumped back to Tuesday in Los Angeles story. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN then followed that report up with his own report within Manny Hill Woj's story. I'm going to read you one paragraph, okay? That is very very interesting and I believe it's breaking news. It's not we sort of heard rumblings about this during the course of the 2017-18 season, but I don't think we've heard this since then. Per Woj Wolves owner Glenn Taylor has significant concern with the broader franchise culture under Tibbs and GM Scott Layden. So much so that Taylor considered change in the offseason, NBA sources said mm. Taylor has privately second guessed his decision to give uh, Thibodeau full control of basketball operations as a part of hiring him as coach league sources told ESPN. This is now Doogie told us last year that if this team had failed to qualify for the playoffs, a rather significant change would have been made, and it might not have been Tibbs. I remember that. But I think what Woj is referring to here is what you're talking about being afraid that Tibbs might say, oh, Jimmy, Jimmy, whatever you want. I'll trade Cat. Mm. And I think what Woj is referring to here is the fact that he would, that the way that this is being handled is so poor, and if you move to trade your first overall, a first overall pick who is in my mind at least, without question, a franchise player. Mm -hmm. Someone's going to go, and it's not going to be Cat. So this makes some sense. And it does lead you to wonder. And it's not that Tibbs has failed as a coach because he did get them to the playoffs the first time since 2004, and he got 16 more wins up to, what, 47 last season. So Mm -hmm. it's not a failure in that light. But when you're this ineffective as a front office guy who runs the entire thing, I think that there are probably there's probably a decision to be made here when you see where the franchise is trending and now this butler mess. How much of this can you take? How much of this can you watch? Yeah. Because this is unless there's something going on here that we don't know about that's not being reported, Manny,
0: this is chaos. Oh, yeah. This is just chaos. It's just flat out chaos. And it's and it's amazing to me because I'll go back. To what I said at the end of the last segment. How did we get here? Remember a year ago. They make the trade for Jimmy Butler on draft night. They have the big press conference. And Jimmy comes up. And he gives out his phone number. Everybody's watching. And that was a great thing. And we're all like, man, this guy's awesome. This is great. And now here we are. Flash forward. You know, fast forward. What, 14 months later now? Since then. And we have this drama you know Jimmy contemplating his future yeah it's cat, cat, it's cat, his relationship with cat is rocky that's not how that's not how this was supposed to work yep you were supposed to bring in J- Jimmy Butler was supposed to come in and be you know be a veteran leader he's obviously one of the top 12 to 15 players in the NBA on the court the the finished product on the court you were an improved team you made the playoffs you improved by 16 wins but people are mad and bickering and 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 not getting along with each other how did we get here um, how did
2: we get here
0: i'll tell it's you how mind boggling
3: i'll tell you how i'll tell you how and i'll tell you why i don't blame us on the surface we thought this was fantastic because it seemed like it was and on the surface, I thought that Butler would come in here and be the conduit for tips. That but Butler could look at Towns and Wiggins and yeah. the younger players and say, "Listen to this. Listen to this. Listen to this. Ignore this. This. This and this. And I'm going to help you here. I speak tips." But that's what, I thought Butler would smoke fluent yeah. tips.
0: Okay. Yeah, you heard. You just heard him yelling and everything. But here's what he meant.
3: We were absolutely wrong. We we were wrong there. But this goes. But this also on a lesser scale is the same type of deal that we saw in spring training. Lomo and Lance Lynn, right? Oh, this is fantastic. This is great. This is going to be great. They're adding these players for cheap. It's going to be... What you don't think about is you don't necessarily, and this holds very true for Butler, you don't think about exactly how these people are wired. Yeah. In retrospect with Jimmy, my perception of Jimmy was going to be Tibbs' right-hand man, conduit for Tibbs, Veteran to show the way. Reality? Hard ass? Somewhat selfish? Um, sided, sides with Tibbs' point of view, but to a point where he ain't going to help? Complains a lot? Belittles people? You know, if you put Jimmy Butler, Manny Hill, in a locker room in the NBA circa 1982, it'd be fantastic. Mm-hmm. But this all goes back to what we talk about with
0: the modern athlete. It's twenty eighteen. You can't do it. You can't do that. It's not it's not. I'm forty-eight. I could sit here and be way. I could easily
3: yeah. sit here and say, Kat, you gotta toughen up, man. You gotta be tougher. You gotta you gotta take it. But it's not gonna work. I'm mm. wrong. I'm wrong because he's good. I need him, and I am now alienating him.
0: You have to you have to find a way to communicate with today's modern athlete and there's a lot of old school people that are probably listening right now and just saying looking at cat and saying oh he's just spoiled he's just a young athlete that just doesn't get it and blah 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 but the reality is i mean and it's like you might be right you might be right cat might be a spoiled a spoiled brat in terms of just being young and a little bit immature and everything but he is too damn talented he is one of the best rising superstars in this league. And you don't just trade him away or say that you can't deal with him just because he's not like you. That's not how this works. It's 2018. You have to find a way to connect with today's young athlete. You have to find a way to do that. You can't just sit back with your arms folded Stuck in your old ways and saying, Well, he's not like me, so forget him. He doesn't get it. He's not doing it like me, so I'm not going to even try to like try to connect with him. Try to connect with him. He's too good. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Gentlemen, to the medicine cabinet on 1500 ESPN. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, Mackie and Judd are back. Okay, man. On 1500 ESPN.
1: Mackie and Judd are talking twins. Now, now,
2: the MLB Network contributor and senior baseball writer with the athletic, Jason Stark. Brought to you by Grundhoffer's Old Fashioned Meats. Bring the excitement of Grundhoffers to your next cookout
3: back in the TCL Broadcast Studios. Uh, Jason Stark does join the conversation right now, and I think, uh, Jason, instead of talking twins, let's start with this, since you're about to have a a piece on this posted at the Athletic uh, website. Let's talk about potential baseball chaos, because this sounds like great fun.
2: I I root for chaos every year, man. Amen. It never happens. we never have had more than a two-team tie, right? We had the famous Twins-Tigers game a few years back that was epic. We've never had a three-team. We've never had a four-team, let alone a five or a six-team. And so when we get to this point of the season, I start trying to figure out the math. What would happen if we had a four-team tie, a three-team tie? I think our best shot is Dodgers-Rockies, Cardinals-Brewers. That's far from impossible, right? Those four teams end up tied. That would be for the NL West and the two wild cards. (laughs) And if that were to happen, we'd have teams roaring around the country every day for like a week. This would be the Rockies, right? They would finish the season on the Sunday in Denver. The next day, they'd have to play in L.A. to decide the NL West. And if they lost that game, then they'd have to go back to Denver or all the way to St. Louis <laughs> to play the wild-card wild tiebreaker game. <laughs> if they mm-hmm. won that one, now they're in the wild-card game. So that would either be in Denver against the Brewers <laughs> or St. Louis against the Cardinals. And if they won that, they'd have another game the next day <laughs> in, in Wrigley Field. It's five games in five days, changing time zones every day and possibly flying over 4,000 miles in a week.
3: And you would be the happiest guy on the face of the earth, Jason Stark. I can <laughs> just I see the smile on your face.
2: Games, I'd enjoy that. So if they, if they
3: were to do that, how many uh, champagne-laden celebrations would be allowed <laughs> as they as they roll through this gauntlet of uh, changing time zones and ballparks and winning must-win games?
2: All right, let me think about this. You, you can only spray champagne if you have clinched a trip to the postseason, right? So if you win just to survive, no spraying. Okay. All right. If you win to advance to even a wild card game, I will permit some spraying. But not I got not big on the teams that, that do the five champagne celebrations every year. I'm
3: with you. Amen. You so much. Amen. It's too it's way too much. Thank you.
2: Over the top. We should have none. But that's that's spoken as a guy who has to dodge champagne while I'm trying to do my work in his clubhouse.
0: <laughs> okay, so Jason, talk to me about Christian Yelich because this is—he uh, is. It seems like he's quietly having an unbelievable season for the Brewers, and he hits for the cycle yesterday. And uh, I mean, what what more can you tell us about him hitting the, for the cycle and the historical importance of him hitting for the cycle, and just how good he's been for Milwaukee this year?
2: Yeah, well, I don't know how quiet it is anymore. If you hit for the right. cycle twice right. in three weeks, it's not, that'll get you some attention. It's working well for him. I, you know, I, this has gone around, but nobody's ever hit for the cycle against the same team twice in a year. He's only the third since 1900 to have two in a year against anybody. Um, and he has just crushed the Reds. He's 24 for 48 against the Reds this year with two cycles and seven homers, and his slash line against the Reds. The only other player who's ever had a slash line like that against one team in the same year was Babe Ruth against the 21 Indians. So you got all that. (laughs) Okay. Yes. Then just how good a player is he? Here's my question: The, the the Marlins traded their whole outfield over the winter, right? Yep. Stanton, Yelich. Ozuna. Of those three guys, was he the third most likely to be the MVP? I think he was.
3: Yeah, probably. Yeah, that's right? right. Yeah,
2: Stanton won. Ozuna yeah. two. He's he would have been three, but I I actually think at this point he's the favorite. You know, narrative plays into all of this stuff. And since the break, he's hit 20 homers. That's the most in the league. He's got 38 extra base hits. That's the most in the league. He's slugging 733. Oof. That's the most in the league. And about this, his home run ratio is better than one every 11 at bats. Babe Ruth's career home run ratio was one every 11.8 at bats. Like, I'm, I'm in. Not
0: uh, bad company,
3: you know,
2: Jason. He hasn't won yet, but I think he's the favorite right now.
3: Where do, uh, where do cycles fall in the Stark world of uh, enjoyment as far as baseball <laughs> items that, you know, no hitters, perfect well, games, cycles, things like that?
2: Yeah, right, well, who, who it depends who got the cycle. You know, Benji Molina had a cycle. George Guterres had a cycle. <laughs> Willie Mays never had a cycle. Really? So that, that tells you a little something about cycles. <sighs> They're quirky. But in order to be fun, in order for us to spend this much time talking about them, there's got to be like a Molina Brothers cycle, or you've got to have something like this where guys haven't done it twice in three weeks. Not a record, by the way. Aaron Hill twice in 11 days. But that that would be where I would stand. What do you guys think?
3: How did Mays not do it? That's
2: remarkable. He was Mr. Triple. Exactly. Yeah. Like the of a Benji Molina cycle. Think about it. A guy hit a triple once a decade. 0.000% Zero, 0. <laughs> right? That's unbelievable. He did it. In fact if you really want to entertain yourself go to YouTube and find Benji Molina's cycle. Okay. It's great. I'll do that. When did the he? triple is worth the price of admission. Oh I bet it is. When
0: was this cycle Jason?
2: It's within the last 10 years. I, I don't have it up in front of me. I might, I might be able to find it if you give me a second. Of course. Um. It's it's pretty epic. Hold on a second. Was he? Benji Molina was july sixteenth, two thousand ten, in Fenway. Oh wow. The triple. Really? You gotta see the triple.
3: Oh yeah, for sure. It's classic. Okay. Okay. We'll hey, check it out. Hey, can you can you even begin to explain to me how did the Baltimore Orioles end up being this bad? They are forty three and one oh seven. They are 60 games back in the American League East, and they are a minus-255 run differential. I don't remember anybody in spring training talking about the Orioles being historically bad.
2: You know, they signed three free agent starting pitchers in spring training. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That that happened. Mm -hmm. Uh, they, They signed Chris Tillman. He's no longer with them. But he went 1-5 with a 10.5 ERA. Oh. They signed Alex Cobb and Andrew Kashner. They're still there. They're combined 9-30. and 30. I, You need to know anything else, really? Their, their year has been mind-boggling in every way. Um, to, like I've been, I was kind of digging through this just to get ready for useless information this week. Sure. Their, their team ERA in their losses is 8.67. Oh, my word. Think about it. That's, and that, we're talking about more than 100 losses. They've got 18 pitchers with a losing record. The American League record is 19. Not out of reach. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> go for
2: it, O's. Go for it. <laughs> it, it. I mean, you could go on and on, but what? It's it just one of those years that just, you know, it took a wrong turn and it just kept going, to quote Springsteen. Yeah. It, it describes it, right? Yeah, but you know, Bucks out and Bucks not done the, that since the '62 Mets. Yeah. The non-expansion team has done it since the '54 Athletics.
3: Wow! Because Buck's not the type of guy that you think about a season like this necessarily happening to, right?
2: I can't. I mean, I haven't talked to Buck in a while. He he, he wasn't enjoying this a whole lot, but he, you know, there's a guy. He he always gets teams to overachieve. He he always has players feeling engaged, buying in. Paying that attention to detail, but when you're when you get to be that bad, that fast, and you've got a bunch of players on your team who, not that long ago, were playing in the postseason, and then realize where the season's heading, they check out. I don't know that any manager could get them to check back in.
0: Wow, that's a shame. Um, Jason, what do you got for trivia for us, sir?
2: Well, since we're talking cycles. I'm going to ask you guys a cycle question. All right. Uh, You remember, back in 91, a guy hit for the cycle against the Twins named Paul Molitor. Mm -hmm. Can you name the only two men to hit for the cycle against the Twins since then? If that's too tough, I'll ask you the only active guy to do it. Hmm. So one active, one not active. But not that long ago.
3: Two guys have hit for the cycle. I was going to say the opportunity to hit for the cycle against some of these recent Twins teams would be very, very high. <laughs> would not be, might not be as tough
0: as one would assume uh, it Both would
3: be. Both of them are
2: in this millennium, if that helps. Okay. Well, I think... One active.
0: Yeah, I thought, well, the one active is probably Adrian Beltre. Didn't Adrian Beltre yep. hit for the cycle against the Twins? Yeah, once? he did. Like, yep, uh, maybe 2012. Tw- 2012. Right. 2012, okay. All right, you got Beltre. Another
2: I'm guy, gonna... not... Another one of those guys not really noted for all the triples he hit. <laughs> hmm. I think he had 13 triples in 12 seasons in the big Bang, something like that.
3: <laughs> oh yeah. but, oh, I think oh what was his name yeah because I remember played. now that you said that I remember when he did it
2: played in, the, played in the AL Central hit a lot of hit a lot of long balls against the Twins and he's not not a lot of triples and he's not active no longer active but he played in this he signed a big contract and then things didn't go well after that but he was a force for a while there. Oh, I can't. I have no idea. Had I'm trying to think. Great nickname. <laughs> Had a huge head. <laughs> he was he played for the Indians. Come on, you can do this.
0: Play for the Indians. Uh, what do you think, Judd? Oh, not many triples. 2000...
2: I the was... It was 2003. Tommy? Brian Giles, maybe? Next... He had just left for the Phillies, and he kind of became the new Tome.
3: Okay, had a big head.
2: This would have been his first year in Cleveland.
0: Was it like? It wasn't like Travis Hafner or something. Yeah it? It Dang. Really? Really? yeah, it was.
2: Really, Hafner wow. is correct.
0: North Dakota guy, right?
2: I think he's
3: yeah, from he North are Dakota. We, we
2: giving you guys credit for that, uh, many hints.
3: Yeah, I, I was. I think we get. I think we get Manny credit on Beltre for sure in the the second. The Beltre one the I haf- do remember, and yeah. the Hafter one probably not. Jason, <laughs> I think that probably be the fair. after one was a pure <laughs> guess. We're Jason, we're, Maddie, though, we're really much good. like the Vikings. We'll take the tie here.
2: <laughs> we're 0-0 zero, zero and we'll 1. We'll take the miss field goal yeah, at the end of we're zero, the We're 0-1 right? and 1, actually. We'll take the tie. Yeah, I don't think there are any one, dispute calls one. either in this question. So thank thank you. Well.
3: Thank you, sir.
2: Thanks, Jason. Great to talk to you guys.
3: Fun as always. Yeah. All right. Jason Stark, always a great conversation. Check out his work, The Athletic, MLB Network, and also uh, Baseball story, uh, state Stories, if I can say that, watchstadium.com. Uh, we'll come back, wrap up this hour, and then Mackie will join a uh, NFL pecking order at 4 o'clock, Collar at 5 o'clock. Now, back to Mackie and John.
1: Hello, boys.
0: Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios. So what do you think? <laughs> it's pretty cool, I guess. On 1500 ESPN quick look at your traffic here on 1500 espn it's brought to you by the better the better business bureau everything uh moving fairly smoothly right now around the system no major crashes or anything uh everything that we uh, we reported about a half an hour ago has been cleared out so things moving rather smoothly join better business bureau at the torch awards for ethics bbb's torch award embodies better business bureau's mission Of advancing trust in the marketplace, 14 businesses will be honored at U.S. Bank Stadium October 24th. Purchase tickets at bbb.org slash Minnesota.
3: Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studios. It is uh, Phil going to join at 4 o'clock here and then the football hour with Matthew Collar, Mackie, and Manny Hill at 5 o'clock. Manny and I, one more segment here before Phil steps into the studio. Did you see who's going to work Manny Hill, the... Vikings-Bills game on Sunday for CBS?
0: Uh, can I take a guess? Sure. I'm going to say it's not Kevin Harlan. You'd be correct. I have no idea. <laughs> Is this like Spiro Ditas or something? Well, that would make sense. It's their number one team
3: of Jim Nance and Tony Romo. What? For a game in which the Vikings are, according to the Star Tribune today, the, the Vikings
0: are going to win by three touchdowns. The
3: line they run seventeen point favorites. I know. Okay, so I thought to myself, a sort
0: of a so Fox must be getting Buck and Aikman must be getting the national game at three o'clock, right? Or the three twenty-five. That must game? be it. Yeah, but okay. so,
3: so I thought. To, so, being a junkie of this stuff, I decided to see what else CBS has on Sunday. Okay, because I get the attraction of the Vikings, sure, but. You're right. This should be a complete. It's going to be a bloodbath on Sunday. Complete shellacking by the Vikings. At least you would think. The other CBS games uh, in the noon hour, which when the Vikings start Central Time, are Cincinnati at Carolina, Denver at Baltimore, Oakland at Miami, Tennessee at Jacksonville, and then they have a three o five game, Chargers and the Rams. Which I think you're right. It's not going to most of the country. Yeah. But they assigned Jim Nance, and Ro- I was shocked by this. And Romo to this game. Who are the Bengals playing? The Bengals are playing at Carolina. See, it seems like they would get that one. It seems like they would send. Well, and somebody sent
0: Nancy I tweeted Romo to that one.
3: So I tweeted this out, and someone immediately tweeted back. Well, these decisions have been made weeks beforehand, but that's not true. They can change things around. Oh,
0: they like definitely like they can. can.
3: They can sit down yesterday, for instance, or or Sunday night, and say. You know we were going to have Jim and Tony work the Vikings Bills game but have you seen the Bills oh my gosh i was well, floored and and t- and tell me this too and i might just t- have forgotten but you're good at this stuff when's the last time the Vikings were a 16 or 17 point favorite in a game oh, wow. that's college stuff yeah that's i'm 2009 to- were they 98 they probably were
0: against somebody Maybe. But when's the last, that's a college line. The only one I could think of, maybe like 09, the last game of the year against, was it the Giants that played the last game of the year? Last game of the regular season? <sighs> yeah. And the Giants had kind of like, the Giants were having a bad year, and they kind of checked out. Yeah, I think you're it was right. one of their down years with Coughlin. Yep. Last game of the season was against the Giants, and the Vikings won by, I think it was like but how often do you 38 see- to 10 or something like that.
3: How often do you see more than two touchdown line for a professional football game?
0: Almost never. I can't remember the last time it happened, period, let alone for the Vikings.
3: I do have good news potentially for the Bills, but it's bad news for an old friend of ours. Pro Football Talk had this note. The Bills defense gave up 65 total yards to the Chargers on Sunday in the second half, okay? After giving up 825 yards over the first six quarters of the season. Oh so they got it in the third and fourth quarter and they loss lost to San Diego on Sunday. They got it down to 65 total yards. That's not bad. 825 in and six quarters before that. That was in part because the defensive play calling was taken over by head coach Sean McDermott from their defensive coordinator. Do You recall who the defensive coordinator of the Buffalo Bills is
0: Leslie Frazier.
3: I like Les a lot. He is a mm. great man. But 825 yards is They're not... are
0: trying to run that Tampa 2 there, Les? 825
3: yards is not easily correctable, Manny Hill. But you just got to look at the tape. Oh, I'll tell you what the tape shows you. <laughs> the tape shows you that it might be time to consider employment at a different place. Oh, Les. Uh... Mackie will join us next from the uh, TCL Broadcast Studios. We are going to have um, a pecking order, talk more about the Timberwolves, and then 5 o'clock hour, Matthew Collar joins for the football hour. Mackie and Judd rolls on after this from the TCL Broadcast Studios. People,
1: people, I have an important announcement.
2: Mackie and Judd are back after this brief timeout on 1500 ESPN.